darkness, out of darkness, out of darkness, into his marvelous light, into his marvelous light. We was called us out of darkness, out of darkness, out of darkness, into his marvelous light, into his marvelous light. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Into His marvelous light. Into His marvelous light. First Peter chapter number two, verse nine. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Are you there? If you're just joining us, I said, um, if you have any question you would like to ask, go ahead and type it in the comments comment section of whatever platform you're watching from or maybe you listen to one of our messages and you you have some questions based on any of our messages go ahead and ask right now and I will answer you so I said while we are that I want to show you something first Peter chapter 2 verse 9 he says, but you, he said, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I'm going to read that one more time. He says, but ye are a chosen generation. He says, ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. A chosen generation, a royal priesthood. I want you to pay attention to this. He says, you are a chosen generation. Now, he's not talking about the generation that we are right now. <laughs> he's not talking about that. He's talking about the generation of the God kind. If you understand what that means. If you are born again. If you have received Jesus as Lord of your life. You are part of that generation. It is a generation of those who are born. Who are born from above. Who have been born in the kind of the God kind. In other words, you are born again. You believe in, in Jesus Christ. You have received salvation. So people who have who have who are who are in that category is talking about their generation. This is the generation. It's a generation, the generation of the saved. So he said this generation has been chosen. So the generation of those who are saved, the, the category of the saved, of those who have received Jesus as Savior and Lord of their lives, who have become Christians, so to say. He says these ones are the chosen ones. <laughs> Uh, let me let me let me try to explain that to you um, like this in the Old Testament the Israelites they were the chosen one of God amongst all nations and God dealt with them mightily 
Are you following me? So they were called the chosen ones. They were called the firstborn of God. They were called God's first fruits. They were they were they were God's own firstborn. So and then they were also called the chosen one. The Israelites. They were the chosen one. They were that nation that God chose as his own nation. And that's why the Bible says God was talking. He said, you shall be my people and I will be your God. So he was their God. And they were his people. His chosen people. Maybe I should take you to Deuteronomy chapter number number 6. Deuteronomy. Thank you Lord Jesus. Simana kavuru kusipiate. Book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter number 7. Are you there? Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter number 7 from verse 6. It says, For thou art an holy people. God is talking to the Israelites. I want you to pay attention to this. Alright? He says, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself. Wow! Above all people that are upon the face of the earth. I'm going to read that again. That is so beautiful. Um, if you are just joining us, I said, if you have any kind of question that you want to ask, any kind of question, or maybe you listen to one of our messages and you have some questions based on those messages or just any kind of question you have in your heart that you want the wisdom of God or maybe some an opinion or an ideology that you want to pass through the wisdom of God. You want to know the wisdom and the thoughts of God concerning it. And you want to ask, I said, go ahead and ask. Type in the comment section of uh, whatever platform you're watching on and um if it would be better for you to use an email, you can just send the question right now. I'll answer you right now. As long as we are still here online during this service, I will answer you. And um, if you prefer an email, you can just send the question to info at praiseschristiancenter.org. And I will see it right now and I'm going to answer it right now. I said, but while we are that, I want to show you some scriptures. So, we read First Peter chapter number two, verse nine, and um, this Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse six is saying the same thing. Like I told you when we read First Peter chapter two, verse nine, that um, the Bible says, "For ye are a chosen generation." And I said that um, I want to use an example for you so that you can better understand it. I said the Israelites in the Bible days in the Old Testament, they were God's chosen people. God chose them as his own people. So, and I said to you, I said, for you are a chosen generation. It doesn't mean that the generation of people that we are right now is basically talking about those who have accepted Jesus as Lord of their life. That's a generation. When you give your heart to Christ, you come into a generation. 
you become a part and parcel of another kind of generation. That generation is what he's talking about, that ye are a chosen generation. Praise God. So I said, let's read this in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse number 6. It says, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The same way God, God chose the Israelites and said to them that you are my holy people. He says, For thou art an holy people unto, unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God had chosen thee, you see? He chose them. Chosen thee to be a special people unto himself. Wow. God chose them that they, the Israelites, should be his own special people, his own unique people. He chose them to be that way. No wonder God blessed them the way they, they were blessed. No wonder. Miracles were performed. They fought many battles, took so many lands, so many nations were destroyed just because of them. God wasn't joking. He blessed his people. He fought for his people. And at, at times that it was needed, he would also discipline these people because they were his people. He chose them. Are you following me? So he said, For thou art an, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6, he says, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God had chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. So, in the Old Testament, the Israelites were chosen by God. They were chosen by God above all the people, of all the other people of the earth. They were the one that were called God's own people. They were God's own people. They were God's own people. Praise God. Are you following me? So let's go back to first Peter chapter number two, verse twenty-nine. Now, did you see that? I want you to understand how God related with the Israelites to make you to give you a better understanding of what He's talking about in first Peter chapter number two, verse number nine. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. It says. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. So we've, 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 I've, I've given you a little bit of explanation of the chosen generation. So this, we are the ones that the Lord has chosen for himself. The Christians, those who are saved, those who have received the gospel with the whole of their hearts. Those who are in Christ, we are the ones that the Lord has chosen unto himself. We are the ones that he listens to. Hallelujah. We are the ones he deals with. You know the Bible says, it says the prayer of a sinner is an abomination before God. <laughs> so we are the one he listens to. But the Bible also says, it says the prayer of the righteous is God's delight. Hallelujah. So we are the ones that he listens to. We are the ones he deals with. And if we pray and tell him, Lord, have mercy on a person that doesn't know you, he listens to us. So, it's, it's, it's just to let you know that, that, that that's what it means to be God's own chosen one. We are the one he does business with. <laughs> uh, we are the ones that, that he is in relationship with. And we are in relationship with him. The Bible says, in him we live and move and have our being. So we are the ones. Those who have been saved. 
We are the chosen generation. We've been chosen of the Lord. We belong to God. Ah, I wish you could understand what that means. That means you don't own yourself. You didn't beg him, say, Lord, choose me. No, he chose you. The moment you give your heart to Christ, you believe the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, you were chosen. The Bible says, many are called, but few are chosen. <laughs> ah, you are the chosen ones. Praise God. Let's continue. See, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. Did you see that? A royal priesthood. A royal priesthood is, is bringing together two kind of dynamic offices. To say someone is royal, that means, yeah, it means you are of the generation of the king, not of a king. Of the king. And then you are a king and then you are a priest. In fact, what he's talking about is you are a king priest. Mm. That's what he's talking about. Remember what, what, what God told um, told um, Abraham and then told Isaac. I'm uh, sorry, um, 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 Sarah. God told Abraham and told Sarah. He said, he said kings will come out of her. So that means every children or every Israelite, they were all royals. They were all kings. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Because you might be thinking, how am I a king? And now am I a priest? I'll show you. It says you are a king priest. You know, in the Old Testament, there is the office of the king and there is the office of the prophets or the priests. Now, the king is ordained into office by the priest, by the prophet. <laughs> and the king is the most powerful person on the land. But the words of the prophets are more powerful. And when the king doesn't listen to the words of the prophet, the king, the king is considered an enemy of God. And such kings were destroyed. The curse of God comes upon them. So there were two most powerful people in the land uh, uh, in those days. The priests or the prophets and the king. And the king is subject to the prophets. Are you following me? The king cannot say because He's the is the head of is the is the king of the land or is the, is is above all he has all authority. When the prophet speaks, if he doesn't listen, his kingdom is about to tumble. 
So there were two high offices that that required an anointing to function in in those days. The priest will pour a oil upon or will pour oil upon the king to ordain him. It's an ordination to ordain to anoint him into the office of the king. And the priest is the one that stands in the place of the people before God. God's own people. This one This one is the one that stands before God on behalf of the people of the land, including the king. So those two offices were the most powerful. But in our days, the Lord brought those a Gavahaja. Through what Jesus has done for us, there is a union, a coming together of those two offices in each and every one of us. The moment you confess Jesus as Lord of your life, you receive salvation, you have become a king priest. A royal priesthood. So the office that you're supposed to be fulfilling, your primary office as a Christian is to function as a king, royalty, and as a priest. Mm. Let me just give you a glimpse. Oh, let's, let's read that Romans chapter 5 verse 17. You, you, you begin to get the picture right there. So you are a king. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And a priest. The Bible says, say, where the word of a king is, there is power. Hey! In those days when the king speak, or when he spoke, when the kings, when they decree, when they make, in fact, the words of a king are a decree. The words of a king becomes law. The kings of those days were so powerful that if the king doesn't summon you to see you and you just came before the king, it's a death sentence. <laughs> ah. I'm trying to give you, give you, give you uh, a little spiritual revelation an idea or wisdom or knowledge or understanding of your resume in Christ. Who you really are. I said Romans chapter 5 verse number 17. Are you there? Oh, you're going to love this. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. It says, For if by one man's offense death Reigned by one man's offense, death became king. Much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. It says, are you ready for this? It says, for if, it says for, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more, much more, even more, 
They which receive abundance of grace. If you want to understand what it means by abundance of grace, we have a message on a on a on a on a YouTube channel or on a podcast titled um, um, "Grace and Truths." You will, you, will, you will understand what that means. It says, For if by one man's offense death reign by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace, abundance of grace, and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. When we give our heart to Christ, we receive abundance of grace and we receive the gift of righteousness. It says, These people, you, he said, you will reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now, the word, the same word that they use there, reign, is actually to king. The, 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 the Greek translation there actually says, it says, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall king in life. King in life by Jesus Christ. Now, your royalty comes by Jesus Christ. Why do you think Jesus is called the King of Kings? Do you think most most of us, you know, we we grew up thinking, he, hearing words like that, hearing the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. We we think about, oh, so Jesus is the King of all the kings of this world. He's above all. The, no, a thousand times no. The kings of this world can can. If you say that Jesus is the king of the kings of all this of this world, I'm talking about this worldly kings, like the king of your of uh, of uh, uh, of a, of maybe of a city of a country, maybe where you live. No, it would be an insult for Jesus to be called the king of those kind of kings. <laughs> you, are you getting it? Jesus is called the king of kings. We are the kings. He's our king, the king of us, the king of kings. We are the kings that he is king over. Are you getting it? How could Jesus bring himself low to be the king of kings of this world? No. And he's called the Lord of Lords. Are you talking? Do you think it means that? Jesus is Lord of the lords of this world. No. Or like you go to court and you say my Lord. No, he's not talking about those lords. <laughs> those worldly lords. No. It will be belittling. It will be a form of disrespect to say Jesus is Lord over those lords. Because those ones are even nothing. We are evil. We are Lord. We are kings over this, the kings of this world. We are Lord over the lords of this world. In fact, they cannot even measure up to us. How much more Jesus Christ our Lord. So when he said Jesus is the Lord of lords, he's talking about us as the Lord. Don't, didn't you read this in your Bible? He says, ye are gods. And all of you are the children of the most high. Ye are gods. 
So if you if is the God of gods, he's not talking about the gods of this world. It will be an insult to say my Jesus is the God of the gods of this world. No, he's talking about the gods, his own children, the lords, his own children, the kings, his own children. So he is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, talking about us. We are the lords, we are the kings. Do you do you understand that? So whenever you say Jesus is the King of Kings, be, 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 let, let it ring in your in your mind and in your spirit that you are not referring to the kings of this world. So that scripture says, it says, "They which receive abundance of grace." And of the gift of righteousness shall king in life by one Jesus Christ. It tells you where the kinging is coming from. By Jesus Christ. Shall king. In other words, you have the rulership, the authority over this life. The world is yours. It's yours. They which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall look king in this life by one Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. So your kingship or your royalty and your priest yeah, and your priestly ministry or your priesthood came by Jesus Christ. Have you heard? Have you read in your Bible where it says Jesus Christ is the chief priest? <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you following this? Jesus Christ is referred to as the chief priest or the chief cornerstone. Hey yeah. Hey yeah yeah yeah. You yeah yeah yeah. He said you are live hey, you are living stones, lively stones. And Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Are you getting it? Now, now the, 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 according to the Bible, Jesus is the is the high priest, not chief priest. High priest, that's how the Bible says it. I'm going to use it as, as the Bible says it. The Bible says that Jesus is the high priest. The high priest. That is, is the priest of priests. It's not referring to the priests of this world. You are the priest that Jesus is high priest over. His own children. So he's the high priest. So we are born in his likeness. The Bible says as he is, so are we in this world. If he's a king, I'm a king. If he's a priest, I'm a priest. After the order of Melchizedek. Some of you don't understand what that means. I'm not going to go there today. Praise God. Revelation chapter number, number one. Book of Revelations. Yes, you are a king. When I stand here and I tell you, don't talk anyhow. Don't do anyhow. It's because of who you are. What God has made you. And I know some of you are thinking, eh, but I, I, how can I call myself? How can I call myself a king? I don't even have a, I don't I don't have what a king should have. What do you think a king should have? What makes a king a king? What does even king mean? The only thing, the most powerful thing about a king, 
the thing that that shows that one is a king it's not the wealth you can be a king and be poor but when you speak they they they, they will say the king has spoken so shall it be but it's your choice that you are poor A king is known not by not by his regalia, his royal regalia, not by his crown, not by his throne. Anybody can can build a a, a big seat with with a with with a crown uh, uh, engraved at the at the at the edge or around around the the the, the chair and say this is his throne. Anybody can make that. It's simply furniture. Are you listening to me? But what makes a king a king? What shows that one is a king is the words. The power in his words. And that's what the Bible says, where the word of a king is, there is power. In other words, the word of the king is not looking for power. It's not seeking for power. His word is the power. <laughs> ah. You disobey the words of the king. What do you think will happen to you? The king says, this thing has become law. And you disobey it. That's when they tell you, you face the judgment of the crown. Revelation chapter 1. Let's start reading from verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, Revelations chapter number 1, book of Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Verse 6. Now this is, this is where we're going. And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father. He says Jesus has made us kings and priests unto God his father. He made us kings and priests. Did you hear that? He says Jesus made us kings and priests. Did your Bible read and Jesus will make us king and priest in the last day in heaven. No. If your Bible read that, please send me. If that's what your Bible says. In Revelation chapter 1 verse 6. If that's what your Bible says, please. You have to contact me immediately. We need to investigate that Bible. He says, Jesus Christ has made us. Made us. is something that he has done. He's not trying to do it. It's a done deal. Made us. Kings and priests unto God. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Kings and priests. Kings and priests. Plural. 
kings and priests unto God. So Jesus is the king of kings. The high priest of priests. Unto God and his father. That's what he has made us. Let's go back now to 1 Peter chapter number 2 verse 9 again. Because um, he brought us this far. So let's 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 continue. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, But ye are a chosen generation. We've explained that a royal priesthood. I said what he's saying there is that uh, a king priesthood, a king priest, you are a king and a priest, a royal priesthood. So you're not seeking, you are not a king who is seeking direction from a prophet. <laughs> Neither are you a prophet giving instruction to the king what he should do by the voice of the Lord. No. You hear from God directly and you do. And you give the word yourself. You are a king and you are a priest. You reign and rule. A king is born to reign and rule. This is your dispensation. That's basically what it means. He says, but here a chosen generation, rare priesthood, and holy nation. Hey, that's that is that is stepping on some people's nerves. An holy nation. The word nation there is not referring to your nation where you live. It's like like he said, like I explained what generation meant or means in that scripture. That's the same thing he's talking about. We are a nation. What what um what are the characteristics of a nation? A nation has a language. They have things that is common amongst them. The way they talk. So we, the children of God, we are a nation. So that's what he's talking about. He said we are a holy nation. So what about those Christians? Who doesn't think they are holy? Oh Lord, you know I'm not holy. Even my righteousness is like a filthy rag before you. Really? The righteousness that God gave you, you are saying it's like a filthy rag. <laughs> you know, sometimes there are some words that are uttered out of out of out of the deepest, the deepest ignorance ever seen. When the Bible says it says your righteousness is like a filthy rags before God, it's not talking about the righteousness of God. That he gave to man. And that was in the Old Testament. Man's trying to. Uh, the, the, the man's effort to be righteous. That's what he's talking about. The effort of a man. To try to be righteous before God. That's what is called the filthy rag. That's what is the filthy rag. But in the new creation, in the new testament, in this dispensation of grace, God did not leave us to attain righteousness of our own. He, he gave us his very own righteousness. So how can his own very righteousness be that is in us be a filthy rag? Hmm. 
This is me. I'm just trying to be holy. You know nobody is holy. We are all sinner. You know every time when I hear Christian talk like that and I'm somehow I'm in their midst, I will say, "Oh, talk for yourself. I'm I'm not a sinner." <laughs> you when you know these things, you've got to talk like that. Let them call you holy than thou. It's it's however they say it. it it's their it's their own cup of tea. But see what you know that you have in Christ. You 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 you've got to believe it and say it and let them know this is this is the revelation. This is the life that He has given us. He says you are a holy nation. The same way righteousness is a gift, like we read in Romans chapter five verse seventeen, the gift of righteousness. It was given to us. Can you work for a gift? When something is a gift, did you work for it? Most times you don't even deserve it. You don't. Gift is is out of favor. So if he says the free gift of righteousness, we didn't work for it. It was a gift given to us by God. The same way, holiness. What is you know? I I I I've defined that. I've explained that many times. Holiness is not what is not by what you do or by what you did or by what you didn't do. Holiness is not when you do this, you don't do that, you do no. That's not holiness. Holiness is simply the presence of God or the Spirit of God at work in a place. That's it. When God landed on that uh, on that on that uh, in, in that in that field, and out of a burning bush spoke to Moses that same place I'm sure there were people who had pee in that in that bush in that area or even took a dump in that area maybe some people had even you know had sex in that area but the moment God landed there it became holy it was just a normal land a normal place only God knows what had been done on that land it was never a holy land before. <laughs> but when the voice of God spoke out of that burning bush and spoke to Moses, what was the first thing that that voice, the voice of the Lord told Moses? He says, take off your shoes. He said, for where thou standest is holy. Why? Because God was standing right there. That land became holy because God landed on it. Mount Zion, oh, the holy mountain. Why is he called the holy mountain? Because God landed on that mountain and spoke to Moses on that mountain. So holiness is not what something that you do or that you can do. Holiness is, is the presence of God in you, the Holy Spirit in you. That's holiness. You are holy because it's in you. Now that's different from now living the life of is that's different from living according to that spirit, that holiness that you have received. So the Bible says you are a holy nation. You just like yesterday, you are still a holy nation. 
Was there something you did that for God to make you holy or to give you his righteousness? What did you do right? Nothing. Nothing. So what 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 could you do to not be holy? Are you following me? Says, but you are a chosen first Peter chapter two verse nine. He said, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Another word says, a unique people, a different kind of being. Aya. He says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Oh, Makibahade, Velezete. You see how these things are just connecting. Are you still there? Second Corinthians chapter number five. He says, a peculiar people, a special people, a unique people. Second Corinthians chapter 5 is 17. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. In other words, he is a new species of being. A species that has never existed before. He's not a mankind anymore. He's <laughs> uh, not part of the mankind anymore. The moment you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, you are no more mankind. You are no more part of the mankind. When they say the masses, you are excluded. Don't add yourself in it by force. When they talk about the masses, say you are not one of them. Because God did not put you in, in, in the masses. He says this one is a new species of being. You know what they call this species of being is called the God kind. A unique being. Unique being. A being that you have to study to understand. A hundred years of study, you can't you can't still totally figure out that kind of being. Haya. The God kind of being. Hallelujah. That's who you are. Unique. You are special by yourself, for yourself, by God for you and for God. Unique. None like you. God kind of being. Another dimension of God. Hey, the Bible talks about the many-sided wisdom of God. God reveals himself and proves himself in his children, in us. Like I told you some weeks back. We are the expression of God. You express God. Another person expresses God in different kind of ways. And we are billions, in fact, multi-billions of people, multi-billions of Christians all around the world. No one is expressing the same kind of God. I mean, no one is expre- expressing the same character of God. Different expressions of God. <laughs> Many-sided wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Many extensions of God. A unique being. That's who you are. One that is superior to the devil and to demons. 
unique being. That's who you are. Le paradoga baya. Haya. Let's go back to First Peter chapter two, verse nine. Haya. This is beautiful. First Peter chapter number two, verse nine. Let's go back there. Let's finish it. Let's finish it now. Are you there? Is this Bochi a chosen generation? We explained that. A royal priesthood. An holy nation. <laughs> a peculiar people. That you should... Uh-uh, listen to that. Listen to that. Can you take this? He said that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He said that you should show forth the praises. Now, you might not really understand the word that King James used there. He used the word praises. When you think of praises, you might just think of, you know, uh, when we say praise the Lord, you know, we're singing praises to God. No, but the, the, the Greek word that was used there actually means virtues. So that you should show forth the virtues of God. Hey! Ah! ah. And that is that scripture, blessedly, is the main scripture of Praises Christian Center Incorporated. That is where our ministry came from. That was the scripture that God gave to me. Praises, that means virtues Christian Center, the virtues of God. So the word praises there means virtues. Virtues. That you should show for the virtues of God. What are the virtues of God? Hiya. Hey, the virtues of God. Just think about it. What are God's own virtues? If they say, oh, that woman is a virtuous woman. Just think about that. So the virtues of God. What are the virtues of God? He says that's what you are called to do. To, show, to shine it. To show forth the virtues of God. The praises of God. Who of whom oh, is to show forth the praises. The virtues of him. Who has called you out of darkness. Into his marvelous lights. There are some there's some expressions that we that we that that we say that that are so contradictive. You know, like somebody somebody didn't tell you something or explain something to you, and then you're gonna express yourself idiomatically and say, He left me in the dark. Don't talk like that. Don't use the language. I told you we are a nation, we are a generation. As a nation, as a people, we have our own kind of language. There are some ways you cannot talk. Don't talk like the people of this world. Say you just left me in the dark. How? You cannot be left in the dark. The Bible says, it says, the, it says you don't need any man to teach you anything. It said the unction that you have received teaches you all things. If you listen well, you know all things. You are supposed to know all things. How many times that things would have happened and the person would think, I don't know. But I know. I'm just there. That's the gift of the Holy Ghost. You are supposed to know all things. Why? Because you are never in the dark. We are children of light. Everything is open. Do you know? Matthew, Matthew, Matthew chapter number 5. Let me show you this. How can you be in the dark? There is nothing dark about you. Someone is saying, but I'm dark in complexion. That has nothing to do with you. That's your body. It's just a complexion. 
It has nothing to do with, is your heart dark? The color of the heart is the same. No matter your race. It doesn't matter your race, where you came from, the kind of food you eat. If your, if your, heart, or your, <laughs> if your heart goes dark, something is wrong. You're sick. So you can't, you can't talk like the people of the world. I say book of Matthew. Don't, don't, don't adopt the, the, the way of talking or the, the, the expressions of this world, of the people of this world. Don't adopt it into your own language or to, to, into your own diction. Don't. Speak the word of God. Let your words, like the Bible says, it says let your communication be seasoned with grace. Seasoned with grace. Matthew chapter number 5. It says, He has called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. Now, you might just be thinking, Oh, He only called us out of darkness into His light. That's just, that's just one side of it. See, Jesus, the Bible says, is the light. Hmm. And the Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world. And is the light of heaven. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, and this kind of light, let me tell you about that light. When you are adopted, like the Bible says, it brought you out of darkness into that light. No, it's not possible for you to be in that light and not become that light. The light that Jesus is makes you a light. Do you understand me? You cannot just be in the light of God. You cannot just be in the light and then you can, you, you only have the light around you or you carry the light. No, you are not just, you are not a carrier of the light. You become the light. The light that, the kind of light that Jesus is, is the light that makes everything around him the light. You become the light that he is. So now you are not just in the light. Ah. Matthew chapter 5. You see it right here. Five verse fourteen. Matthew chapter five verse fourteen. Jesus was talking here. He said, "Ye are the light of the world." Did you see that? There were times that Jesus called himself the light of the world. Jesus said, "He said, as long as I'm as I'm in this world, I am the light of the world." And Jesus is telling us, "He said, you are the light of the world. You." The one who, who believes in me. The one who have accepted me as Lord. He says you are the light of the world. So you are not just in the light. You have become the light. So don't adopt the expression. Of this world. To say ah, that guy just left me in the dark. I didn't know anything about it. No don't talk like that. You cannot be in the dark. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. 
You are light. You are the light being. Do you know one of the characteristics of a light? A li- light illuminates. Light differentiates. Light defines. Light magnifies. Light reveals. That's who you are. Wherever you go, you illuminate the place. You reveal the place. You manifest. You express the place. You define the place. You know what that means? If there is evil in that place, when you show up, you make people, you open people's eyes to see this is evil and this is good. That's why people will not like you. They didn't like Jesus because when Jesus showed up, in the midst of those who call them, who call themselves the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the ones who are the scholars of the law of Moses. Who people think those people that those those ones that people thought were closer to God than, than, than the others. When Jesus showed up amongst them, what did Jesus call them? He said they are vipers. Their true color was revealed. Why? Because light showed up. Light reveals. He said, He has brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are not just in that light. You have become that light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Say, I am the light of the world. Say it to yourself. Say, I am the light. Everywhere I go, I am the light of the world. And I shine brightly. Ha, no wonder. No wonder Isaiah prophetically said it. Isaiah chapter number 6. He said, arise and shine. For thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Arise and shine. How could you shine if you're not the light? How could you shine if you're not the light? You are the light of the world. Light of the world. That's who I am. <laughs> light of the world. Light of the world. Oh. A light like the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who I am. Light of the world. Colossians chapter number one. We'll finish it right here. Colossians chapter number one. Book of Colossians. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit of God. You will love this. Colossians chapter number 1, verse 12. It says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and light. He said, giving thanks unto the Father. He's thanking God for qualifying us to be partakers of the saints and light. So that means we are qualified to be the light. God himself qualified us through our Lord Jesus Christ to be a, a, a to be the light the light after his kind hey <sighs> I'll read that again giving thanks unto the father which hath made us to which has made us meet in other words which has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and lights who had delivered us verse 13 now Colossians chapter 1 verse, verse 13. Who had delivered us from the power of darkness. Hiya. Hiya. He didn't just deliver us. He didn't just bring us out of darkness. He delivered us from the power of darkness. In other words, what that means. Hey, 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 hey. Notice he didn't say who has delivered us from darkness. If he had said he delivered us from darkness. 
or like he said who has who brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light if he if he uh, if he had said that just that that delivered us from darkness it would have been beautiful but he said delivered us from the power of darkness in other words darkness does not have and cannot have power over you forever darkness the power of darkness is powerless over you did you understand that and notice he didn't just deliver us from the power of darkness and left us in the middle just like he said in first peter chapter 2 verse 9 to verse 9 he said he brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light he didn't just bring you out and leave you but no he brought us out to bring us into something the question is are you are you functioning in that place that you are that he has brought you into most of us we are still thinking and talking and acting like where he brought us from we we are uh, we have not we have not synchronized ourselves ah yeah basuja we are, we have we have not submitted synchronized ourselves to to the uh, to the character to the dispositions to the to the virtues of where god has brought us into now giving thanks unto the father colossians 1 verse 12 giving thanks unto the father which had made us me to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light verse 13 who had delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sin he said he translated us not way he transformed us <laughs> hey he transformed us there is a transformation there was a translation there was a change he translated us super devahasa zekobra lidala you are not who you used to be. You are not who you used to be. You are no more in darkness. You can never be in darkness. If you think you've been in darkness, you subjected yourself to the power of darkness. But God has delivered you from the powers of darkness. Darkness does not have power over you anymore. It doesn't. It doesn't. That power you think that the devil has over you, that darkness has over you, is a mirage. It's only deceiving your mind for, to submit. But no, he doesn't have power over you. As you're hearing me right now, you can stand boldly and decree and say, in the name of Jesus, I, I come out of this darkness. The darkness that I put myself in my mind, I check out of it. Because darkness doesn't have power over me. I rise and I'm shining for my light has come. Hallelujah. That's how you come out. Because it's not yours. You put yourself there. But God did not put you there. He delivered you from the power of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of his, of his own dear son. The kingdom of light. The kingdom of his love son. The kingdom of light. You are not just in the light. You are the light of the world. 
You are the light of the world and you are shining. Say, I'm shining. I'm shining. I'm shining. I'm shining. Oh, my gira tozala. Isaiah said, he said, he said, kings shall come to the rise, hey, yeah, to the brightness of your rising. Hey, he said, kings will come. You know, when, when, if, wherever you are right now, if you see a bright light, just blast off a bright light, you, you'll be attracted to go and look. What is happening? What is that? You see a bright light just shining. They say kings will come to the brightness of your rising. Just your rising. Just the brightness of your rising. Hallelujah. <laughs> Not at the peak. But the, the rising. Just the brightness of your rising. He said kings will come and check it out. Not any other people. Please that to that's who you are. You are a king. This is how God thinks of you. He doesn't see you in that trouble that you are, ah, that, hey, that you're in. He doesn't see you. He sees you exactly the image that he has made you. And this is, this is how he looks at you. This is how he thinks of you. This is how he thinks of you. So, the earlier you realize this and begin to walk and live this way, the better it is for you. Because that's when you begin to experience what Jesus has really done for you. Because this is how he, he thinks of you. This is what he has done for you. Oh, I love what Paul said. Paul said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. And I've told you again and again. How do you frustrate the grace? When the Lord has made you a light. But you believe that the darkness that you are going through. Is more powerful than the light that God has made you. And you have subjected yourself to that darkness. You are frustrating the grace. And funny enough, people like that, the kind of prayers they pray. The kind of prayers they pray. Oh Lord, deliver me from this darkness. Oh, deliver me. How? Where? When? It's like, you gave me a, a slice of bread. And I ate the bread. In fact, I, I already used the restroom. After I ate the bread, the bread is gone out of me. No bread again. I ate the bread you gave me. Are you not telling me? Eat the bread. Eat the bread. Eat the bread. But I ate the bread already. That's exactly what you're doing. He has done it. He delivered you from the power of darkness. You are still praying. Oh Lord, deliver me from this darkness. Hmm? Ah! All, all that you have to do is just say, Lord, I am sorry I've been ignorant all along. I have put myself in darkness. But your word says you have delivered me from darkness into your marvelous light. And your word says that I am the light of the world. Therefore, there is no more darkness. 
not in my life. I am the light of the world. Now I say from henceforth, I am shining. In my finances, there's a shining. I am shining. In my job, I'm shining. In everything I do, I'm shining. No more darkness. You don't need to pray to God to deliver you from darkness. He has done it. He's not going to answer that prayer. It's like, it's like you want to send Jesus to the cross again. The Bible says that the sacrifice of the Son of God is a one-time sacrifice. It is sufficient forever for the sin of the whole wide world. He delivered you from the power of darkness. That's what the scripture says. It says you are the light. Of, how can you be the light of the world and you find yourself in darkness? What happened to your light? What did you do with your light? The Bible says, it says, it says, can a man light a candle and put it under the bushel? That's what you're doing. You lit up a candle because it's dark in the room. And you now hid the candle under, under your bed. That's exactly what you're doing. You are the light of the world. Just shine. Wake up in the morning and say, today I am shining because I'm the light of the world. I am, and I, you, you say, you say, you say, I'm shining today. I'm shining always because I am, I've been made the light, the light after the, uh, after the God kind of lights. I shine like God. Jesus is my light and I am the light of the world and I'm shining. See, when you speak, that's not a prayer. It's a declaration of who you are. You are not confessing it to be. You are announcing it. That's what you will experience. Because that's what Jesus has made you. That's who you are. A king and a priest. And you're the light of the world. The salt of the earth. He says you are a a unique people. You are unique. Unique. You are God's own chosen person. He chose you. You didn't choose him. He said, we love him because he first loved us. He says, what manner of love is this? What manner of love is this? This is what he has done for you. This is how God looks at you. He doesn't see you in that trouble. No. He sees a king when he looks at you because that's what he made you. He sees a priest when he looks at you because that's what he made you. He sees the one that is shining from glory to glory because that's what he made you. He sees you and says, oh, there goes my righteousness because that's what he made you. The Bible says this, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, some of, this, some of these scriptures, sometimes you study them and you just drop your Bible. This is too big. When some people are still fighting the truth that they are as righteous as God is because God gave us his own righteousness. So we have the righteousness of God. Now you now tell such people who are still fighting with that understanding, with that revelation, you now tell them that they are the righteousness of God. Oh no. 
Oh no. They can't take it. But that's what the scripture says. God looks at you and says, there goes my righteousness. <laughs> when he looks at you, when God looks at me, he doesn't see Gabriel. He sees his son. He sees Jesus. And who is he? I told you. When we say Jesus is the king of kings, we are not talking about the king. He's the king of the kings of this world. Maybe he's king of your government. No. Pfft, that's too small. You'll be belittling Jesus to say he's the king of the kings of this world. No. We are the king that is the king over. Because I read you, I showed it to you. Romans chapter 5 verse 17 and Revelation chapter 1 verse 6. You see, Christ has made you kings and priests unto God. That's when he looks at you, he sees the king. He sees a king. He sees a priest. And who is a king? A king is one who is born to reign and rule. That is who you are. Nothing less. So the question is, why are you not functioning that way? Why are you not seeing that happen in your life? Number one, you've not seen it. Number two, you've not believed it. Number three, you've not begun to do it. There is a doing. You see it in the scriptures, you believe it, and you begin to act that way. What does it cost you to act like a king, to talk like a king? You won't get arrested for that. <laughs> so why are you not talking like a king? You will never hear a king say, Oh, I, I'm just so broke. I'm, the king of this world, they will not even talk like that. I heard the story of um, Prince Charles. They said... Um, a wild animal got out of his got out of control. I think it was it was it was a lion or something. A very wild animal. I can't remember exactly what kind of animal it was, but it was a wild animal. And um, unfortunately, Prince Charles happened to be in that same place where the wild animal, you know, loosed got loosed and Prince Charles didn't run. He stood right there and he was looking right at the lion's face as, as he was coming towards him. When he got out of that place, they asked him, why didn't he run? He said, I'm a king. I can't run. <laughs> That's the king of this world. He said, a king cannot be afraid. He said, I'd rather stay there and die. But to run, to show that I'm afraid? He said, no. A king is not, is not born to be like that. We are not trained to be like A king, do you know that the kings of this world are trained? They are given to tutors and governors to train them on how to think, how to talk. How to act, even how to sit. 
But you are the king that God has made you. That's that's why I keep you need the word of God and begin to do the word. This is a training by God's word. For you to function as the king that God has made you, you need to be trained by the be, become a student of the world. A student of the word of God. That's what, that's what you need to become. If the prince of this world can can stand in the face of, of adversity and say, I'd rather die. How can I fear? A king cannot fear. That's the king of this world. Just because <laughs> he was trained that way. But you see God's own children. These ones are the kings with supernatural powers. Some of us just a gunshot. We duck, we duck like it's two million bullets. Out of fear. Some, even when we find ourselves in such situations, the way we call Jesus, we can hear fear in that name of Jesus that we called. Understand who you are and function that way. Understand who you are from the scriptures, from the word of God. Understand who you are and function that way. Function that way. Don't, 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 don't be a, don't. Hey, do you know how many times God said in the scriptures, fear not, fear not. It's a reason for it. It's unlawful. It is illegal in our kingdom to be afraid. And that's why you cannot choose the words and the expressions of this word. I've told you that. You know, some, 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 some Christians, you, because they, they've mixed with a lot of worldly people and then they, they themselves are talking. Oh, I'm afraid it's going to rain. Must you be afraid it's going to rain? Why must you talk fear? I think it's going to rain. Is that not beautiful enough? I'm afraid he's going to name. He's going to rain. Are you? Ah, yeah. A king cannot talk fear. You afraid? Every time as a king, your life is on the line with what you believe in. Just like that Prince Charles. His life was on the line with what he, with what he believed in. My wife had COVID. She said, oh no, you can't, you can't come near me. Oh no, you can't, you can't kiss me. Oh no, you can't do that. I laughed. I did all those things. I said, I cannot catch COVID. I'm not afraid of COVID. What is COVID? We live together. We did like nothing was wrong with her. And I never caught it. What do you believe in? What do you believe in? Put FHC. Believe this word. Put it to the test. Prove it. Prove it. You know what God said? He said, "Ye are my witnesses that I'm God. How will you be his witnesses if you're not proving it? You say you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. How is he Lord over your life? And how are you showing it that Jesus is Lord over your life? You say Jesus is the light. And you are the light of the world. How are you proving that? The word of God is giving us to be practiced. God has given us the ability, the nature to be able to do the word of God. Not to obey, but to do the word of God. So all left for us is for us to make the decision and begin to live that way. Easy. Say to yourself, say, I have the mind of Christ. 
I think like Christ. I talk like him. I walk like him. I reason like him. I see like him. I am as he is. Because the word of God says, as he is, so am I in this world. He never said as he was. He said as he is. <laughs> as he is, so am I in this world. I know who I am. Greater things are spoken of me. I am the light of the world. I'm the salt of the earth. Everywhere I go, I am the illumination. I'm illuminating the place with the glorious light of God. Everywhere I go, I'm shining. I cannot be in the dark because I am a light myself. I am a light after the light of God. I am the light of God. Revealed to mankind. Light defines. Light illuminates. Light reveals. Everywhere I go, I reveal. I reveal things. I'm full of life. I'm full of life. Like I quoted Isaiah chapter 60 to you. He said, kings shall come to the brightness of your rising. You are the light. Just your rising alone. Kings are coming to check it out. You're shining. See, I'm shining. See, I'm shining. And nothing can stop me from shining. <laughs> I am shining. I choose to shine. I choose to shine. I choose to reign and rule. I'm a king and I'm born to reign and to rule. And I'm kinging. I'm reigning and I'm ruling in this life by Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to God. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. We give you praise for your word. We bless and honor your name, my Father. Thank you. For the power in your name. For the power in your word. Thank you, Father, for blessing us with your word. Thank you, Father, because your word has become in us what it talks about. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For through you, we are functioning in the direction of your word. There is no separation between us and your word. We are one. We are in union with your word. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord.